This episode of Guys Talking Sports is being brought to you by mybookie.ag, the safest place to play, the only place I take my action, the only place I trust. Visit mybookie.ag today. Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. I am back from my expedition down to South Carolina. On this week, we're going to be talking about the um, protests in the NFL, the NBA trades, and starting off with the bombshell with all of the, um, I guess you want to say it, um, convicts in the NCAA with basketball. On this week of Guys Talking Sports. edition of Guys Talking Sports. I am Earl Ross here with my boys Al Quarles and Adrian Catwell. Your fellas, say what's up. Uh, what's up? What's going on, everybody? How y'all guys doing? What's going on, everybody out there? Hope you guys are enjoying your day, having a, a very fruitful week. And yes, and I am back on from assignment down in South Carolina where I was looking at a couple of prospects uh, for football, NCAA. Nah, I'm just joking. Nice. But, um, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in sports today. I mean, I mean, where to begin? But I think we want to talk to the um, bombshell news that came out today where we have four assistant basketball coaches from Arizona, Auburn, Oklahoma State, and Southern Cal were charged um, this morning with federal corruption, taking money and taking bribes. Um, so, guys, I mean, it's NCAA's, you know, college football, a lot of stuff goes on. So, what are your thoughts about all this stuff that came down? Uh, I guess I can jump in quickly and I'll let Al tag team on this. Um, let's not forget Louisville. From my understanding, Louisville right now is a uh, is serious hot water with this recruit that they just signed back in – I think it was early June. Supposedly, they're laying down, you know, with Adidas, um, which I, I guess is the shoe apparel company that's all involved in this bribery and, and corruption, uh, where they just got paid, uh, excuse me, Adidas had to pay the recruits' parents 100 Gs over the next in four installments to make sure that the recruit ends up at Louisville. And lo and behold, like the, his recruitment was all going crazy. And then one day in June, dude just decided up and sign with Louisville. That and this whole thing with the, the strippers and these, these private party things that's going on um, over at Louisville, it's not looking good for Rick Pitino and company over there. Uh, Al, I know, you, I know you got a few things to add on top of everything else. I'm, to be honest, I'm just – I'm 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 shocked at how much is getting leaked out, really, when it's all said and done. Because truth is, I really didn't expect all this to be like drama filled. Like when you think about it, with everything that's going on in the NCAA, the fact that all these coaches are in a position where they're trying to recruit the best, and I can understand them trying to recruit the best people in, you know. It's that you know it's it's tough out there when you're coaching and you're trying to recruit all these players to come to play for your team. But to go that far, knowing that the NCAA has rules and regulations, and the fact is that you have to follow them and you have to make sure you maintain that 
rule. They, you know, you can't go out of your element to try to recruit players knowing that they're going to eventually get caught. I mean, I'm just kind of uh, – the whole thing with Adidas, maybe they didn't – you know, it's, it's too many it's, – it's so many elements because there's so many teams that are involved in it. Um, maybe Adidas, you know, the company itself may have done whatever it needed to do to, to, to hide, hide that away from the NCAA. Uh, to be honest, I'm very curious as to how they got caught if this has been going on all this time. Um, had they been under investigation and didn't know about it? You know, there's, there's, I just don't know the, 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 the details in regards to this. But no matter what the details are, the fact is, the matter is, is that if they didn't follow the rules, you can – I mean, this is beyond just NCAA sanctions. You got the FBI arresting these coaches. And that's what makes it, like, very serious. And if people don't t- think about this as – you know, this is not just NCAA, this is FBI. So this is very serious. And they need to – it's something that needs to happen in this regard. And, you know, I'm, I, I really don't have that much to say about it. I'm just very curious to find out more information in, in regards to it. Yeah, I feel you, man. It, it, you know, college is, is big sports, and let, let's be blatantly honest, it's big business. So, I mean, you know, this kind of stuff, you know, you know goes on i mean you know my thing is what's funny is it's the assistant coaches and no big name head coaches was was involved now let's not let's not be you know naive and don't think that these coaches don't know what their assistants are doing sometimes i mean they hire these assistants they kind of know if you know people are sniffing around if some money may be exchanging hands i mean you're in a competitive business um with sports at a collegiate level which brings in multi-million, excuse me, multi-billion dollars a year. And you want to get these recruits that's going to bring in multi-million dollars to the college, you know, to your college. Money's going to get involved. Bush is going to get involved. There's been greasing of palms going on for a very long time. will continue to go on a long time. I mean, Louisville with all the, you know, those, the hoes running around. Come on. Like that ain't happening in other places. So I am definitely not naive. They just got caught out there because people started talking. But um, to me, this is it's going to be a black guy for the NCAA, depending on how deep this goes. And I think it's probably going to be a lot more names popping out of this right before it's all said and done. I think they probably got enough on 10 to round them up. But, I mean, right now with college basketball, it's going to be kicking off in about another month. This is probably the worst <laughs> thing that college basketball needed to be dealing with right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy what's going on. It's funny. I was reading how uh, the feds actually had an undercover uh, scheduled meetings with some of these coaches and and and, and different <laughs> folks. And one of the, one of the destinations was in Morgantown, West Virginia, Ooh. where Oklahoma State was scheduled to play West Virginia, and. Of course, one of the coaches being implicated is from Oklahoma State, and a meeting was set up in Oklahoma, you know, in Morgantown, during the time when uh, Bob Huggins has his annual fish fry. So the head coach of Oklahoma State was was talking at the fish fry, where this where this uh, assistant coach is over here wheeling and dealing. I think for five thousand took a five thousand dollar bribe uh, for the meeting. And that's bananas because, you know, I guess these jokers think that because you're in some remote little town somewhere away from the big lights and the big cities that they won't get caught. So 
it's interesting to see how West Virginia, not the school, of course, but the state is kind of linked into all of this. And it's, it's bananas because, like, like you said, I, I truly believe, and I truly believe that uh, the feds are not even close to being done. And, and if these coaches aren't scared now from what they found out, boy, they're about to be shook here because I don't know if it was just Adidas laying down doing dirt, because we know, I'm sure all the shoe apparel companies are doing something similar. Nike had to get started somewhere. Under Armour's up and coming. They're trying to get into the whole arms race. Um, Adidas, I guess, was just trying to stay afloat. But I, I just don't see why these shoe companies and stuff need to get involved in this sort of thing, because, but I mean, I understand why, because, you know, those shoe companies bring those high uh, top-tier talent to the big universities and just like Earl said, all this money is being involved and it's just crazy, crazy to think that uh, <laughs> we're in 2017 and when did Blue Chips come out? <laughs> With Nick Nolte and Shaq. <laughs> and, uh, 90s, all, early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it came back full circle. <laughs> and that was just based on, based on a movie, which I'm sure had some truth behind it, but you know, I've read an article where I want to say Pat Forty from Yahoo is saying that if Louisville is even somewhat closely involved, did we lose him? Uh, I think we might have lost audio on Ace at the moment, so hopefully we'll get we'll get him back. Ah, but I I um. I will have to say this, you know, with the like he said, with the the sneak with the the sneaker brands going after these young kids, like it's really at a point where I understand it's all about competition, but they also have to understand like, the shutdown. But Rick Pitino would be. Did we lost him again? <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Al. No, but what I was saying was is that. Um, I think that whatever the case may be, it's, it's with these sneaker companies going after these young kids is, is difficult. And, you know, it's not difficult, it's competition. What it, when you really, it's competition to the point where, you know, who's to say they, they're going all the way down to high schoolers. And the fact that these people got caught um, with the high school and it, it's, you know, it's getting to a point where there needs to be some type of change. And, you know, I understand it's competition, but even the sneaker companies have to adhere to the rules and regulations of the NCAA. Like, I just don't get the, the fact that, I don't understand the fact that, number one, the sneaker brand doing it, but more importantly, you know, the people that are risking their college scholarships or whatever the case may be, going to schools and stuff, you're risking it knowing that there's some rules and regulations that you gotta adhere to. Like, it's a big risk. And, I'm, I'm, I was more surprised of the people that the amount of people that still got that got arrested. That's to be honest, I'm more surprised of that than anything. Like people that been in the NBA or been in a college basketball. Like first thing that came to my mind when I heard was Chuck Persons. Like he'd been in the NBA. Like he'd been in. He's now coaching in college. Like that's something that you should know. I, I, I just don't see how it could got to this point. That's really where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, you know, it, it, it's troublesome, you know, with all this stuff going on, but, you know, everybody has their hands out and, um, you know, you have, you know, 
these sneaker companies and some of them will normally use middlemen or they'll use, you know, you know, coaches, you know, that play on the team to kind of, you know, funnel money through them to get these people to, you know, sign to the, you know, sign to their schools and then maybe forward them off, especially the ones that are going to be like NBA, like a top round, first or second round, you know, different ages, stuff like that. So it's, it's money all over the place. So like you said, I, I'm thinking it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot more that's probably going to come out. You know, the first person that talks gets the best deal. So I wouldn't be surprised if some more names start trickling out. But I mean, like you said, I'm surprised these guys got caught. I'm surprised Adidas got definitely roped up into this. I mean, you know, but like he said, it's an arms race and everyone is trying to compete, you know, and, and stay one step ahead. And, you know, you don't go after the top coaches. You go after the, the assistant coaches that can kind of operate a little bit more, you know, loosely without being scrutinized. But here we go. <laughs> the feds, the feds got ten, you know, assistant coaches. So, in in, the, in Louisville, that's I don't know what they're going to do with that one. That's they're talking about giving them a death, you know, quote unquote, the death sentence or whatever. Like ending Louisville, you know, basketball, and it's going to get real ugly. Yo, Ace, are you are you back yet? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, I had to cut the video, but so I got you guys with audio. Uh, so, what was you saying earlier? Because when I mean, we you was in the midst of conversation before we lost. Uh, what was the last thing I said? To be honest, I can. You was I know you was talking in regards to the college, um, in regards to uh, I believe it was in regards to the coaches and the college programs of them being, you know, that's basically where I got from what I remember. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, in a nutshell, I mean, bottom line is this. Um, these coaches, you know, when they're playing with fire, you know, you, you always run that risk of getting burned. And somebody had to tip somebody off because we all know, even with the competition level with the sneaker companies are concerned, there's still that level of competition with uh, between the schools and the recruits. So you have to believe it, it would only make sense that one of these kids, if they've been doing this investigation going back to 2016, a kid had to have said to another college uh, recruiter of some sort saying, well, you know, such and such is, offer to do X, Y, Z if they tried to get me to come to school. And that probably set off the wheels of motion. And I don't know why these college coaches would think otherwise that these kids aren't, you know, they're young. You know, the families, you know, they, a lot of these families may, you know, these kids are coming from, you know, maybe one parent household or maybe it might be a two parent household, but they're really struggling maybe because they have a big family or everybody has a different case or a different situation. But, you know, a lot of these top kids, they're going after them and they talk. And if one school is going to say, oh, they, Adidas and this school is going to give me five or $20,000 to come here, well, I see you with Nike. What can you and Nike do to help me come to your school? You know, and, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a nasty cutthroat business. And I guarantee it has, it smells like blue chips. <laughs> on how the whole conversation with those kids before they signed with Nick Nolte in the school uh, kind of came to, came about. Um, so, I, I you know, I, I hope that 
some of my favorite teams, you know, I only have one true favorite team that I that I root for, but you know, I, I like it a lot. I like how that's going. But I hope that the majority of what's going on is kind of nipped in the bud. But I, I have a strange, strange feeling that. You know, I think people are going to start dropping dimes real quick because once you're going to start getting the feds involved, you're talking about facing jail time, you know, that whole stitches to get stitches sort of thing is thrown way out the window, especially when you're grown men and you're talking about recruiting for basketball. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the first person that talks gets the best deal, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, I do I do agree that there's going to be many. It seems like there's going to be others. If, um, that This is just the tip of the iceberg. I definitely agree with you on that. And I, I have a strange feeling that Adidas signed that contract that uh, I think it's an apparel contract with the Louisville as well. Alone with sign, you know, offered to pay the hundred grand for that kid to be the number one recruit. And my understanding, if I'm understanding what's going on, Adidas is turning around and saying, okay, we'll give the money to the parents if you agree then once you become pro, to represent Adidas in the pros. <laughs> and that's the craziest thing about it. You know, they're, they're so desperate to get a footprint in the NBA that they're targeting these kids to be their, their, the, the people of their sneaker where, you know, come, come to pros. I mean, I, I just don't get it. But see, that's, but that was my question. I'm like, isn't there a rule already in place for the, you know, as far as the NCAA is concerned in regards to like, you know, um, offers from like different types of, you know, companies in regards to, you know, you're representing the NCAA. I'm, I, and I'm just curious because I thought that there was some rules in place about the type of soliciting, even if they're, you know, before they go, to, you know, who, who's to say that these kids are going to make it into the pool? But my point is, is that, you know, to get to that, to either that, to get to that point, I thought there was a rule in place where, like those brands or those companies, are not able, to, you know, don't shouldn't be able to um, reach out to those kids until after they at least have an agent or go, you know, claim that they're going professional. Am I not? Am I wrong for that? I mean, am I mistaken? I mean, I mean, the textbook definition of that would be called a booster, but. Adidas, can we say Adidas is a booster? Adidas doesn't, uh, well, my understanding of a booster is rich alumni from the said university turning around and doing things to help the university help land kids. Now you're talking about a big, big time shoe, shoe company doing our hair and acting like a booster. I mean, that's unprecedented. At least, not again, not to say that Nike hasn't done this or or Converse or whomever is just Adidas got caught. <laughs> yeah, and, and these companies are always, you know, you know, normally they would, you know, and I don't know anything specifically, <laughs> but normally, you know, they'll funnel money through a family member, through an old high school coach, or through somebody like that to kind of try to guide certain people to go to certain schools with the anticipation that if they make it big, you know, they're going to get a big payday on the back end. So, I mean, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. It's a big gamble. But some of your more big-time blue chippers, you know, the ones that are the one and dones, or have usually been the ones where you hear the most stuff about because they're in at these schools, not to really be in there for, you know, for the long periods of time, but they're in for one year and right out, right to the NBA. Next thing you know, they got a contract with Under Armour for a sneaker deal, Adidas, Nike. So, you know. 
like you said, Al, they're not supposed to do it, but they find ways <laughs> around it and they still get it done. It's been done for a very, very, very long time and it's probably still going to continue. Mm -hmm. It kind of reeks of that. I forget this one kid recently who his brother was on Snapchat or some video service where he's talking about his brothers being bought out by the university. I forget where he's going to school. I think it's University of Texas, as a matter of fact. He's the big time, I think the number one center, high school center recruit. And they had the NCAA had to do a full investigation on him, and he was cleared. But I don't see how this is any different. Now, I, I, obviously, I don't know. I don't believe Texas is a an Adidas school. I think they're I think they're Nike. But um, it just goes to show, man. It, it's just real dirty and nasty out there. Oh yeah. Well, before we segue into a little bit more hotter topics, you know, the NBA has still been making headway, even though we thought we were done. So we definitely know Carmelo uh, finally got his wish. He's an OKC with uh, with uh, Westbrook and Paul George. And then um, now Dwayne Wade is likely, after his buyout from Chicago, is going to go to uh, Cleveland. So, you guys, real quick, uh, what are your thoughts about those two moves? Well, uh, I'm sure Houston feels some sort of way because they, they wanted uh, Melo really badly. And... So OKC kind of lucked up real nice. Um, still not truly understanding why all these jokers want to go out west um, just to beat each other up, just to, for the chance to play in the championship where if Melo would have said, hey, this may, this may not seem like the most un uh, conventional place, but, you know, let me, let me jump down to Milwaukee, help some of these young bucks. And, um, you know, possibly – uh, put Milwaukee on the map to see if we can't take Milwaukee to the to the NBA championship or something, or go to the Wizards or, or go somewhere somewhere in the East where you stand a better opportunity to get to the to the championship. Um, so that's always interesting, but it's nice to see. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see how the one year Oklahoma City, how those three look together. <laughs> before somebody take their talents to the next squad. <laughs> and then you got then you got Mr. Mr. Dwayne Wade taking his talents to, to the land. <laughs> no big uh, press conference this time around. <laughs> Man, if you can get uh if you can get Chris Bosch to sign out of retirement just to put on the jersey boy, it'd be a nice little reunion. But um I, I think it's a good move. I, I mean Waiting, stupid. I mean, he knows what playing with LeBron is like, and they've they've been the Batman and Robin type tandem now for quite some time in the past. So they're, I'm sure they're very familiar with working out with one another, and understands that you know they got as good a shot as any is representing the East in the championship. So I mean, I, I think Al and I last week had the conversation where we where he still believed that Boston was the number one number one choice to come out of the East. He thinks that they're a better a better team on paper than uh, than Cleveland. Uh, but I, I kind of disagree with that. I know it's going to be some time to to gel with both teams. I still think Cleveland is the beat. Uh, Cleveland is the team to beat coming out of the East. Uh, so Adam Wade is just a, another 
another big piece of the puzzle. I mean, once Isaiah Thomas gets healthy, you're talking about a, a second team with, with Rose and Wade leading the, leading the charge. And that's as good as you could ask for coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I you know, I was one of those people that that thought that that Melo would actually still wind up being on the New York Knicks roster, even though he said he wasn't. And he goes to OKC, you know, credit, you know, their GM for making all those moves um to get Paul George and you know Melo, depending on how long Paul George stays there. But um I mean the West is gonna be where all the eyes are at now. I mean do I think um, do I think OKC can can beat um, can beat Golden State? Um, it depends on how they, it depends on how they gel. I mean, you got three people who typically like the ball in their hands majority of the time, and so there's going to have to be some more offensive adjustments to Mel's game. Is he going to be willing to do that now? I think he's going to need to if he wants to win. Um, there's going to be some offensive adjustments to Paul George where I think, you know, I think he might be a little more receptive to it. And there's going to have to be a little bit more passing from Westbrook. <laughs> but I think now that he has some pieces there, which I think he might trust in, trust in, I think he might be a little bit more willing to uh, pass the rock around. And I think they have a good, a, a good shot of really, you know, of really contending, you know, with Golden State. I mean, um, but the West is, but, but the West is but, stacked. But Carmelo ain't played defense in how many years, man? Who knows? A new team might revitalize him. I mean, you don't know. I mean, he's not he's not going to be looked upon to be the man at um, you know, at at um OKC. So I mean, maybe he's going to have to his game is going to have to adjust to a certain degree. Now, how much he wants to adjust his game is all going to is going to be on him. I agree. But the East, I mean, right now, I mean, I'm hoping that Milwaukee Bucks makes them a heck of a lot of a noise because right now it's looking like a two-team, a two-and-a-half-team race over there over there in the East. Uh, man, look, if, if Jabari Parker comes back to form and plays like he has before he has all these knee injuries – yeah, Milwaukee's going to be a team to reckon with. Jason Kidd got a nice squad on his hands. And, and uh, they gave they gave uh, Toronto all types of fits. I think they played Toronto in the first round last year. Gave them all types of fits in, in the playoffs. So, I'm not you – know, Milwaukee's up and coming. They, they're young. They're hungry. And I, and I, I think they're going to – I think they're going to do well. But, unfortunately, like I said before, I still think – Cleveland is the team to beat. I'm sorry, Al. I know what you said last week, but you had a you had a Wade on here. I'm not saying Wade is that that dude that's going to take him over the top, but I mean, now they have so many combinations as far as who can, you know, how they team up and how they put players on the court. You know, you got to Wade when he nice and he healthy, man. The boys lethal. Um, I'm sorry. I I I just got back into the mix. Um, I, I heard about Cleveland. Um, so, so we jumped into the NBA, correct? Correct. All right. Um, before I give my take, um, in regards, wait, was y'all talking about OKC too? Did I hear about OKC? Yeah, we, we were just we were just touching on the um the trades with um Melo and and on that D Wade going to sign with um, Chicago. Okay. All right. All right. I mean um, Cleveland. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. All right. I'm with. I know where you are. 
Um, before I do that, um, can we take a break? Um, let's thank our sponsors. Oh, definitely. With that? That's okay. it. All right. By all means. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick um, break, and we're going to let our sponsors get in and do what they have to do as well. All right? Check it. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually, it's what's team to bet on this week. You got the Patriots or the Steelers, Chicago or Detroit. But let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And I mean absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts, seriously. Just two business days. You know who's gonna win, right? Lay down some cash and win big today. I and we, Guys Talking Sports, would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me and to all of us in the podcast. That's why we are urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Use promo code Guys Talk to activate the offer. That's G U Y S T L T A L K. G U Y S T A L K to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We're back. Um, I'm sorry I had to um, interrupt. Um, there was something I had to take care of first, but I'm back. Um, you start off with OKC, right? So I just want to get my takes on that. The whole thing, and it's funny that you mentioned it because somebody just um, – I'm doing Periscope right now live, and somebody just asked that question about, do you think that um, now that Melo is in OKC, will they share the ball? Um, how's, how's the ball – you know, how's the ball going to be shared with – um, Westbrook and Paul George. To me, me personally, I thought the Mellow trade was um, a good move for both teams. Um, from an ideal standpoint for OKC, um, because now you have a third option as far as scoring, which is one of the things that OKC was lacking outside of when even when Kevin Durant was part of Thunder. Um, it was um, Westbrook, Westbrook, Thunder, I mean, um, Kevin Durant, and who else? Um, but now you have Westbrook, Paul George, and now you have add Carmelo into the piece. I think that that moves them up a notch. Um, I don't think that they'll give – I mean, I don't know if they're in the same tier as the Golden State Warriors um, because they still have time – they need time to gel. But I still believe that they'll probably, like, in the, the tier below the Golden State Warriors. I'll put them in the same mix as Houston and San Antonio. Um, so I, I think that it was a good move. Um, from the Knicks standpoint, they had to get rid of Melo to start a complete rebuild. And Melo was definitely not going to be – didn't want to spend his time still playing in New York. So, unfortunately, they got what they could. They got what they got in return. But I still think that, you know, it worked out for both teams because from OKC standpoint, now you have a big three there that you can compete with um, in the Western Conference, you know, now more than ever. And, of course, with New York, you know, now it shows that you're in complete rebuild mode. And now you're with, you know, it's all in KP, Christoph Zinga's hands. 
So it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as that is concerned. Now, jumping into the Eastern Conference, um, I do believe – yeah, I understand what you're saying about the D-Wade signing. Um, I really think that, you know, it does keep them up there as far as the conversation. It's going to be a battle between them and Boston. That's really what it boils down to. Uh, I still think I, – I don't know if I would put – now Now that Dwayne Wade is in the mix, I don't know if I put them – I'll still probably, – I probably would give Cleveland the edge um, going forward um, now because they got the experience in the U.A. Um, in the mix. Um, I just want to see how this all gels together. And I know I said before that I thought Boston had a, a – will give them – I still think Boston is going to give them a run for the money. I don't think there's not going to be no cakewalk um, like it was. I think the Eastern Conference, at least the conference finals, got a lot stronger. I think that's where it boils down to. Um, and it's still going to be Boston and Cleveland. I just don't see any other teams um, competing with those two. Um, I don't think that Cleveland – I don't know if Cleveland has – the edge or Boston has the edge. I don't know who has the edge until I see on um, the regular season progress. I think that it's going to take a minute for both teams to gel together during the regular season. But as far as everybody else is concerned, I think that Milwaukee was probably in between Milwaukee and I think I got to put this I think Cleveland and Boston is in a top tier. I think Milwaukee and Washington is in the next tier. Um, I think Toronto. Would you throw Miami up in there just because they're young? No. No. How about Charlotte? No. No. Not even that. Uh, not even that. No. Um, oh boy. No. With the White Howard uh, anchoring the center. No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but, but you would agree that both Charlotte and Miami are going to make the playoffs. I, I can't even answer that question. I, Miami, I can see. Miami, I could see making it. I don't know about Charlotte. Just because they added Dwight Howard, I don't think that is enough. I mean, I don't see no bench outside of Kimball Walker. Outside of their starting five, whether it's Kimball Walker, um, Batum, got Dwight Howard in the mix now, Michael Kilgrest. Um, I just don't see the bench doing anything enough. Um, ever since Jay, I mean Jeremy Lin left, I just don't see them doing what they've done in the past. Um, and who's to say that they might? You know, I, I just don't see it right now. Um, like I said, there's really five teams in the Eastern Conference that has a viable chance of making it into the conference finals. And that's Cleveland, Boston, Milwaukee, Washington, and Toronto. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, um, you know, you know, I would like to see Milwaukee and Washington really, you know, really do some damage this year. I mean, Cleveland – but like this, Cleveland on paper and with LeBron James is going to at least get you, I believe, into the Eastern Conference Finals on paper. Now, if Derrick Rose is not – it gets hurt. If Dwayne Wade gets hurt, then you're putting that heavy load on LeBron James. Now, him alone is probably going to be enough to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals. But if it's going to be him going against the Golden State Warriors, if Golden State makes it back to the Finals, he's going to lose again. But so I said, on paper – Cleveland looks good, but it all depends on the health of some of those players on there. You take out Wade, he gets hurt. You take out Derrick Rose, who's always iffy, and who you got after that. So, you're, you're, and then you're saying that uh, Isaiah Thomas isn't going to round back in the form of how he was playing in Boston. Comes back to January, you write to your All Star break. You won't really know until March. 
I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. Um, and like I said, it's the health of Cleveland versus the com- the chemistry of Boston. I think that's really what it's going to boil down to. Well, yeah, we also have to remember that even if uh, Derrick Rose is there, uh, I know this name don't sound sexy for Cleveland, but they still got uh, Jose Calderon. Oh, <laughs> you was gonna say that, <laughs> but I'm just saying he's a, he's a very he's he, he may not be flashy, he may not be a Derrick Rose, he may not be a, a Isaiah Thomas. He's definitely not a Kyrie. But nah, I agree. He, he could be a floor general. He could lead. He can. He can do what he needs to do and occasionally hit that three when needed. So I'm not saying the best. Nah, I know, but you love Jose Calderon, don't you? Though Calderon, when he was with the Knicks, was putting up some work. I mean, it was (laughs) the team stuck. I know, but the team stuck. But I mean, still, Calderon ain't no slouch. You know what I'm saying? And and to have that as your third point guard, that's not a bad look. Nah, it's not a bad look at all. Um, To be honest, I mean. You can play him as off guard, to be honest. And as long as he's hitting jumpers, it really doesn't matter. But like you said, you have shooting there, but you have a lot of experience. You don't have that much youth. And to to play the games that, you know, to go into the regular season and the playoffs consistently, you know, after a while, your your body is going to gonna tire out. And that's why I, I – last week before Dwayne came, to, you know, for – I knew that Dwayne was going to Cleveland. That's why I had to give – I was giving the edge to Boston because they have the youth experience as well. And they may not make it – they may not make it past the Eastern Conference. Cleveland might just, you know, you know, sweep them. Uh, who knows? But the thing is, is that they're built for the future. And I think that's one of the reasons why Kyrie Irving was like, yo, I don't mind going to Boston because I know that they're built not just for now, but they're built for the future as well. Yeah, and I think the one person for Cleveland that, you know, we haven't really talked about, and I think they're going to have to start running some more offense around and through him is going to, is going to have to be um, – it's going to have to be Love, Kevin Love. Yeah, so agree. If they don't use him properly, it's going to – all the minutes is going to be on LeBron. And if, like you said, if he makes – if they make it to Eastern Conference Finals and the finals, whoever they hit, he might be – he might be dead and tired. I agree. I agree because he's he's very valuable. Pick and pop all day. Yep. So I know I want to segue into our last our last point. I know there's been a lot of talk and a lot of stuff going on in the um, in the NFL over the past weekend with the um, the protests and the comments that Trump made. You know, you know, against the NFL players, against calling them sons of bitches, against the NFL owners. And there was a large um, show of solidarity, um, if you want to call it that, between the players and the coaches and the owners. So um, with everything that goes on, I know it's been a lot of chatter, you know, going on about the, the protest. Some people like it. Some people didn't like it. So I want to get, get your guys, you know, take what do you guys think about all the protests that's been going on? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think it was helpful? Uh, what are your thoughts? I'll defer to you, Al. I'll let you go first. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, real quick, and, you know, I just find it unfortunate, the fact that, you know, I understand, um, because me being an African-American, I definitely understand. Um, the thing is, is that it takes away from the actual sport, because the first thing that everybody is talking about is not what happened with the football game. 
you know, it's about the protesting. Like, it seems like that has now become the foregone conclusion. Like, I think every week now is going to be what this team does at the beginning of the, the, the national anthem. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's understandable. Um, a lot of people, to be honest, if you really don't – the takeaway is, is that it is not about – you know, people got to understand it's not about the national anthem itself. It's about what the protest is about. And, you know, I say it like this. There's people, the coworkers that are in unions, usually they protest, you know, if they're not getting paid or for whatever reason there's a problem with their union or if the company is not treating them right. And then I'm not saying that this is like the same thing, but the thing is that when people protest, when they're unions that protest, they protest during the times that they work. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can't say that a person needs to protest on their own time because when is it exactly their own time? And not for nothing, but what perfect way to protest to get your point across is to do it in front of the actual uh, the cameras. So I think that, you know, the whole thing about doing the protest, uh, not, you know, when do it, when not to do it, I think it's, 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 it's foolish, you know? Anybody can protest anytime they want. That's just that how it is. You got the freedom to do that. But notwithstanding, and don't want to get all into that, but the point of the matter is, is that what it does is that it takes away from the actual football game because people that may want to watch football is got to hear all the politics behind it. And there's some good to it, but there's also, you know, there's, there's some good and there's some bad. The point of the matter is, is that, you know, Everything that we do when we, you know, sit and watch a football game or when or if we choose to watch it or not watch it, it's completely up to you. But the point of the matter is, is that the protest is done for a reason. And whether you disagree or agree with it, you know, it's now being thrown into the limelight a lot so. And, you know, even though, you know, it would have been a lot more beneficial if, you know, a certain someone didn't say anything to speak about it and just left it alone. But... The point of the matter is, is that we're at a point where, you know, everybody can protest how they want to, and there's no right or wrong. You just have to, that's what America is about. You know, they have the, everybody has the freedom to do what they want when they want to. You may not agree with it. You may, you may agree or disagree with it, but that's what it's about. It's about protesting and people having the freedom to do that. And I just feel as though that, you know, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Why should anybody tell you anything different? You know, that's what freedom is all about. That's just my take on it. I'm not going to say anything more about mentioning names or anything like that, but I just think that from a protest standpoint, you know, if a person does it, you know, want to take a knee, that's on them. If a person want to stand and cover their heart when they, that's, that's, that's them, you know. Whether you agree or disagree, it's, not, it's, it's, it's really not, I mean, who's to say that I'm going to say, you know, I don't think that this person should do this or I don't think this person should. It's, not up to me. Um, me personally, I'm at a higher power than I have a higher calling than that. And to me, as far as the national anthem, it seems like we celebrate the national anthem a lot more than what we should be celebrating. And and some people have their opinions about it, and some people don't. That's all. Uh, wow. Where do I begin? Um, like I said, Al, you know, you briefly touched on it. Where I just hope that what the whole initial kneeling of the, the anthem has been lost in the sauce due to what the president of the United States said during a, a rally in Alabama on Friday evening. 
you know, Colin Kaepernick started this whole kneeling um, based off of the injustices for African Americans and the uh, when dealing with uh, police brutality, etc. Um, the president at the time when he was running for election was very outspoken on that very topic. Um, but it still didn't stop Kaepernick from going out there and doing what he needed to do. Uh, unfortunately, the, the words that he said on Friday really sparked the outrage just because, you know, like you said, Al, you have your beliefs of what you want to do and how you want to think or what you want to believe, what's right versus what's wrong. But you called, you called out individuals and we know that more than half of the players in the NFL are African-American. So who's nailing at these during these protests uh, based off of what's going on in today's society is African-American. So you're gonna call and you're gonna specifically say those SOBs because we all know, and I'm not saying there haven't been white athletes that kneel during the protests, but the majority that do kneel are African-Americans. And you wanted to call out SOBs, you know, and, and have them fired. And I mean, that's just, that's just wrong. You know, so for the NFL, he is one thing when you want to point out one individual, which he wanted to he wanted to attack the entire league and the entire league came out in a unified front because they did what they had to do to show solidarity, like Earl stated in the beginning of the segment. And I think with everything that's going on the whole meaning and the whole message of the initial protest, silent, friendly protest, has now been lost in the sauce. And I don't think we'll ever get that back just because of the way it was brought to light in such a, a large political fashion. And it's just, it's kind of sad because, I mean, one man had to lay down on the sword and it cost him possibly his NFL career based on his beliefs of what he believed in. And now you got people who want to boycott the NFL because of what's going on. You know, nobody was boycotting it when it was maybe five or 10 players kneeling across the league. But now because you got everybody's solidarity, you have one man call out SOBs to the entire league. And, and, and they all took that to heart. I mean, what, is, what, what else would you expect uh, for those players to do? And organizations and, and owners. I mean, like... Are they going to sit there? I mean, are they going to sit there and back their president? Or are they going to sit there and, uh, and back the product that's being put out there that generates billions for this league? It's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. They're going to back their players because they know that's what fills the lines of their pockets with, with cash. So, you know, I heard about this. I read the story where the, the, a Buffalo Bills concession worker saw that people kneeled and he threw his stuff down and walked out and said he'll never – work at the Bill Stadium again because of this. And of course, now you got the, a, a fire department chief going on Facebook saying how he really feels about African-Americans, but then turns around and apologizes because he said that's his own, that's his own feelings and not his, he's not expressing 
how the, him being the fire chief of that particular company in outside Pittsburgh, he doesn't represent that, that, that fire department, but, you know, he's expressing his own beliefs. I mean, it's, it's this interesting now that how the president has thrown his political fire into this whole thing. Now it's really, if it wasn't racial before, now it seems like it's even more racial now. And, and that's the thing that's really sickening and disheartening about the whole situation. You know, all, all it was started to do was try to raise awareness of what was going on and try to bring some dialogue to the table. And now we have this full-blown thing going on that who knows where it's going to end up. And it's, it's sad. Yeah, you know, I was looking at everything over the weekend and, you know, I didn't initially hear the comments initially on Friday. kind of heard them maybe like Saturday. So, you know, and um, but then I watched all the protests on Sunday and even on Monday night, you know, with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, you know, taking a knee, which I actually want to get to that more so than everything else. But, um, but uh, to me, you know, I, you know, I echo the sense, you know, I echo everything you guys had said. I think that, um, you know, for me, you know, a lot of the protests, the guys locked in arms with the owners and the coaches and everything, to me, I agree. It takes away from the actual message, and I think to a large degree, a bit more disingenuous. I remember listening to, um, I was listening to um, Undisputed with um, Shannon Sharp and um, Skip Bayless, and Shannon Sharp said it as perfectly as anybody can say it, you know, and I feel the same way. He was disappointed and unimpressed, and I was disappointed and unimpressed the entire weekend. I mean, Colin Kaepernick took a knee for something totally related to what everybody else was protesting about over the weekend. The knee was not about the flag, never been about veterans, never been specifically about bashing all cops. It was just about injustices and the um, killing of unarmed minority women and men by cops. Not all cops, but just some bad cops that are too a bit overzealous. But everybody, all they see is him kneeling for the flag and being completely unpatriotic, which to me was never the reason. He said so very early on, but they ran with it. And it took for President Trump to make comments. Now he said he wasn't, it's not a race thing, but we all know exactly what he was talking about. We all know exactly what he was referencing to when he said if anybody kneels and they should leave the game right now and the game itself was not being played that well. and you know, you know, too many, you know, too many, you know, bad calls and such and such. He threw some owners who gave him money under the bus. He threw the product of the NFL under the bus. And they were worried about, I think what Al said, you said, Adrian, the bottom line was money. So all this locked in, you know, solidarity and saying that we believe everybody has the freedom to, you know, express themselves and say whatever. That's all well good. But for the last 13 and a half months, where were you when Colin Kaepernick was being excoriated in the NFL and by a lot of people, where was all this feeling of unity back then? When, when he was basically just being ripped to shreds last season and basically this whole off season quietly black, blackball, I mean, blacklisted. Where is everybody else in the solidarity then? I mean, it's, to me, you only said something because Trump publicly came out and spoke harshly against the NFL. And he tied Colin Kaepernick in when talking harshly about him and referencing the NFL. 
I don't know if that was his actual intent, but that's what we saw over the weekend. And then Jerry Jones, you making a big statement, which was completely, in my opinion, and I'm a Giants fan, and not doing this to bash Cowboys, but this whole thing of kneeling down right before the anthem, but then he gets up during the anthem. If you really wanted to show that you were really doing something, you should have kneeled down right when the anthem was singing to show that you are in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick, not that you were protesting what Trump said about your product and the product on the field. So for me, really unimpressed. I mean, they, I understand what they were trying to do, but they completely lost the point in my opinion. And like you said, Al, they never still discuss the initial reason why he got down and took a knee. So for me, this wasn't in support of Colin Kaepernick, this was in protest of what Trump said about you and the rest of your 32 owners out there that are multimillionaires and you didn't want any money to walk out of the stadium if guys knelt. So to me, unimpressed and, you know, it didn't do much for me. I agree with you. I agree with you. But while we are sitting here talking, because you said that you, you saw um, your – I saw the Shannon Sark. Um, what he said as well. Um, but here's my question to you while we at it. Um, Ray Lewis, um, as you saw that he he knelt he knelt um, during the game, the Baltimore Ravens game this past weekend. Now, based off of all the conversations that he talked about, you know, prior to that, um, I, I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that. Well, Ray Lewis said, and I hope I'm quoting him correctly, that he would never or not kneel for the national anthem. And if I'm correct, when they knelt, it wasn't during the national – was it during the national anthem or not? Um, I don't – if – all right, it was the national anthem. So, to me, I don't know how to take that. A couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, you were completely against that. Now you're doing it. Locked in the arms with the owner. So I am with Shannon Sharp. I'm like, bruh, okay, why now? Hypocrite. Nah. <laughs> I, I, I just, when I first saw the, the photos of him kneeling, and I was just like, wait, you, 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 you literally just went on national TV and was just going off talking about how you was never going to do this, and here you are on photos actually doing it. So, you know, uh, what changed your mind? I, I'm very curious to hear his response about really what changed his mind because, you know. He, he's probably, he's probably, if I had to sit there and make an assumption that he's probably using a whole SOB comment from Trump as to say like, how are you trying to, you know, call the, 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 the shield, the, the, the uh, the NFL logo, the shield of the solidarity of players, you referring to all of them as SOBs. So I guess he, he kneeled or he knelt in that aspect, you know. Um, it's, it's despicable, man. It's just it's deplorable. And I'm sure, I'm sure Colin Kaepernick is probably sitting off on the side somewhere saying, well, you know, this is pretty cool that they're going to go ahead and do this based off of Trump's comments, but I'm sure he's also a bit enraged over the fact that it's lost this entire meeting. 
and it probably will never ever get back to this true form of what it really meant for what he was doing. And yeah. now I think I think I, I think they're take, doing this uh, take a knee challenge now on Twitter and on, on social media. Yeah, but all these entertainers now are trying to take knees in solidarity at the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, but y'all don't understand why the hell did, you know he was taking the knee in the first place. You just think it's because now it's more so entertainers and such are just doing this to oppose Trump. This ain't got nothing to do with Trump. It ain't got nothing to do with the flag. It ain't got nothing to do with veterans or or, or military. You know, but you know, hey, what do we because, know? Because it's much easier for them to exactly. to bash Trump than to sit there and actually talk about the actual reason why he did it. No, I agree with you on that. And I agree with you on that. And let's just be let's just be clear about this. None of us is not in favor or never been in favor of Trump or for a lot of things that he's done. Um, but I think that the whole message of this take a knee has been completely just man with and not you know the whole thing about it just lost it lost sight of what it was really about and i think that's really where it is i think that you know it's now being blown up into something so much greater than where it is than what the initial what he did it initially for and i think that's really why we're in a position that we are right now because so many people can just take things and just run with it and then everybody else just follows yeah now and, and i'm in my thing on these last two statements one my first one, the next person that comes out and says, well, Colin Kaepernick should do this in a better place. My response to that person would be, okay, if you think there's a better way for him to protest the injustices, you tell him, and then you say, this is what you need to do, and I will be right there with you that next day to protest. So if you're going to say he shouldn't do it and there's a better way, then offer a better way and say, I'll be there waiting for you to protest. And my second thing I want to say is that, uh, you know, my last thing I'm going to speak about this is that for all those people that are hating Kyle Kaepernick for being unpatriotic, are these the same people that hated Muhammad Ali for when he decided he didn't want to, uh, you know, fight in the Vietnam War? And now everyone loves him as what the, you know, the top, you know, the best, you know, boxing person out there. If, if you hate Colin Kaepernick, do you hate Muhammad Ali or do you think he's like the best boxer ever because he took a stand for what he believed in. I just would like to know those two things. I agree with you on that. I completely agree with you. Hmm. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's getting about a little, little past our time. I know we went over, but, um, you know, like I said, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. So before Ooh. we get... Quickly, I'm sorry to cut you. Um, Big ups to New York Yankees and Aaron Judge for being the first rookie to hit 50 home runs in the in season, eclipsing Mark McGuire's 49 home runs in his rookie year. So big ups to, to him and the New York Yankees and also clinching the playoff spot. Ah, uh, yes. And if he goes to World Series and wins and it's on him, um, Derek Jeter can give him the keys to all of his whole spots where he um, <laughs> rolled them in and rolled them right out. Right. <laughs> I will say this. The Yankees needed somebody to be the face of the Yankees for it to be relevant. Um, and it looks like this rookie is going to be that, that person. Looks like this rookie is going to be that person. Well, uh, don't forget, uh, Gary Sanchez as well. He's not a rookie, but I think Woo. he's in his second year. 
Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with you on that. I agree with you on that. They're young and they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be talented for a while. And that, uh, and to be honest, this is something that the Yankees, you know, um, you know, the Yankees definitely need a face. Um, whether it's Sanchez or um, Aaron, they they definitely need a face. Definitely, definitely. All right, guys. So this is about our time. So um, let everybody know where they can find you at and how they can holler at you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is catdaddy1963. That's C-A-T-D-A-D-D-Y-1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter as well. I am Al Qualls. Again, that is I am Al Qualls. You can also find me on Instagram there as well. Sometimes I, I be there as well. Um, but also, quick shout-out. Thank you, guys, to the people up in Periscope that's been watching and giving a thumbs up. Um, really appreciate it. It's my first time trying this out. So um, just want to thank you guys as well. Um, but that's where you can find me at. You can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram at J-E-R-O-S-S-7-X. Um, not always on there all the time, but, uh, you know, any comments that you want to get to me, I'll respond back as quickly and as possibly as I can. And so as we end today, that is about it, guys. And so everyone out there, like I'll say, we're grateful for you for subscribing on the Periscope. I didn't know about that until you just said something right now. So uh, I'm glad that you guys have been watching in comments and uh until next time, we'll be hollering back at you. One. Right. Awesome. Don't forget awesome. to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud, too, and Google Podcast. I also want to shout out to our sponsor. You got to give a shout out to our sponsor, mybookie.ag. Like <laughs> I said, commercial, go out there, place all your solid bets. Quick, fast turnaround payments. Holler at your boys at mybookie.ag. And big ups to all the folks out there in Puerto Rico. Keep your heads up. Definitely. Out there to you know to help you guys out, make sure we get the necessities that you need. Big up to the Pitbull using his private jet flying stuff out there. Big up to Mark Cuban giving out his private jet to JJ Barrera to make sure they got supplies out there. So big up to everybody doing what they need to do. Keep them in your prayers along with the Virgin uh, the, the Virgin Islands. Love you guys out there in Puerto Rico, San Juan. I love you guys for sure. Virgin Islands, you know what it is. <laughs>